This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. And my name is B-Bass. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom. We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how it succeeds as a slasher film. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ScreamingCast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me at B not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Castbox, or online at podpeople.me or keepscreaming.com. This week we are dissecting 1980s New Year's Evil, directed by Emmett Elston. But first our pop culture check-in. For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates. Um, we haven't done anything. Yeah, it's it's not long since our last episode because we wanted to get this in bef- well right on New Year's yeah. for you guys because it's um r- very on the nose. Uh, as we said, we're watching New Year's Evil, and we just thought it'd be fun to have it to you by New Year's instead of after. Um, so we have just been you know Christmasing and post Christmasing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure just like everyone else in the world, like this is that time of the year. I was talking about this with um one of my regulars at work actually and it's always just like such a weird time because you're like you feel like the year's over but you're kind of just like okay just like when's the new year just kind of waiting for this year to be over now um you know like lots of stragglers from like families hanging around and stuff so uh yeah i know for us it was very much just kind of being lazy uh like my wife and i actually because we got so much crap for Christmas, went through and like tossed a bunch of old or tossed or donated a bunch of old stuff we don't use anymore. So that we, but we only did that for one day. Other than that, just laying around. I did watch, um, there's a podcast I listened to called Monster Party, and it's a bunch of like old school horror fans. Like they grew up watching 30s, 40s, 50s stuff, which I also grew up watching, but, um, I've always had a love for it, but I've never got as deep into it as I would like to. So I listened to their podcast and they started talking about Ray Harryhausen, who was a very famous like special effects artist. He was well known for doing, if you guys don't know, um, kind of like claymation stuff in the 80s. So I went and watched the original Clash of the Titans. That, mm, I haven't um, was, seen that in forever. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I don't think... My dad used to love all these movies. Yeah, I think I watched it in 8th grade. 7th or 8th grade was the last time I watched it. So it came out in 1981. Desmond Davis directed it. Um, It's very, very well known, though, for Harryhausen's effects. It's the last movie he ever did for his effects. He's also very famous for um, Jason the Argonauts, which was another, like, Greek one. And then he did a bunch of Sinbad movies um, and a lot of, like, old-school monster movies. Um, It stars a very young Harry Hamlin who, if you guys are Veronica Mars fans, he plays uh, Aaron Eccles. 
Um, and it's very weird to see him as a heroic character in mm-hmm, a movie because mm-hmm. the whole time I'm just like, no, he's a bad you. guy. Yeah, it's like, nah, you're not a good guy. Uh, you can't be the hero in this. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's in it. Burgess Meredith, who um, played Penguin in the original Batman series, Lawrence Olivier, um, Maggie Smith, who another one. If you guys don't know Harry Potter fans, she plays McGonagall. Um, so it's it's one of those ones that's like kind of on the brink because it was 1981. So like, there's still a lot of people you might recognize if you're around our age, but they're like older. Right. Uh, them where you're like, damn, they're young. Yeah, exactly. Like Maggie Smith, you're like, whoa, you actually had color in your hair at one point, um, and that wasn't dyed. Uh, but it's the story of like Perseus and just like that whole thing. Uh, I I it took me three days to watch because mm-hmm. I kept falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Partially because I kept watch like watching it. I started at like 10 p.m and it's way past my bedtime yeah work it's is too late. work has been nuts lately so i'd be sitting there going like no i can do it and uh-uh. i'd get like 30 minutes and fall asleep tricking yourself yeah so i so ashley kept saying like you don't even like this movie and i'm like no i actually really like it but i just, just keep tired. falling asleep i'm tired dude some of my favorite movies it's taken me three days to oh, watch yes sometimes it's just hard to get through yeah. um but yeah if you guys can't check it out um it's on something right now amazon prime um it's always amazon yeah it's always amazon prime they're the best with like them and shutter for streaming stuff just the best um i i really do love it though just the old school special effects i need to rewatch it it's been a long time but i remember like watching all these with my dad when i was young and like the like all the greek movies Uh i remember um what is the one that like focuses like Medusa is a big plot? Point. This one is it's it? This one, one? Yeah. okay. Yeah, he so, fights Medusa, cuts okay. the head off. It's the yeah. main plot point because he has right. to get Medusa's head. So this to one was my favorite. Yeah, this yeah. one was my favorite, and I remember when the Medusa ride opened at our Six Flags. I remember uh, thinking it was so cool because I knew who Medusa was, and like <laughs> I would like mouth off in like second grade about all these facts because I would watch Clash of the Titans all the time. Yeah, um, he, I, I just the way they are able. It's really crazy. Like obviously special effects are really cool and everything now but like to go back to a movie made in 1981 and like see how they incorporated stop motion with live action is really impressive especially like the kraken in this movie is huge um so like the things they did were with perspective and everything Mm -hmm. just it's it's a lot of like crazy talent and it's a really fun movie um it actually has like made me very interested in going and watching the sinbad ones because i've never seen those ones and i know it's like kind of like that fantastical mythical thing but a little different like i think it's more like um like nautical um so i definitely want to watch those so definitely check that one out um i also so this is like really hard for me to admit um there was a long time and i'm just getting over this where like i wouldn't admit to people i hadn't seen big famous movies because Mm -hmm. like i felt like like in my group of friends, like, and B experiences guy. this yeah. too, and Jeremy. Like, oh, I don't our friend, like it. Yeah. Our friend Jeremy. Like, people expect us to know things about movies, and, like, it's a Especially weird pressure. horror, yes. which is the worst. Yeah, so it's a weird, like, pressure, and I know, like, it's a silly thing, but it's just, like, when everyone has seen something, especially in, a, a, like, a really famous movie like Die Hard, like, I knew enough about Die Hard to just get by being like, oh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. like this funny quote. Yeah, I don't I'd think s- you ever had even ad- – I'd always just assumed when we talk about action movies that you'd seen Die Hard. Yeah, no, I'd never seen it. And that was definitely one of the ones that I was like, I'm not going to admit I haven't fucking seen yeah. Die Hard. Just, like, up until I watched it, I never admitted – That's one of those ones that you secretly watch and then you, like, pretend you'd kn- known all the – Yeah. Life. You're uh, like, well, just yeah, like, duh. Um, I just watched Godfather this year, which I fell in love with. Oh, but, I've never seen that. Um, But, like, you know – 
it's obviously famous for a reason because it's hella fucking good. Yeah, Die Hard's um, great. I don't need to tell you guys about Die Hard, but one, I definitely agree it's a Christmas movie, and two, uh, I loved everything about it. Like yeah. Bruce Willis as like the that whole series, like, the is average really good. Joe series, uh, like hero. That's what Jeremy said too. Yeah, he's, like, he's old. They it's get pretty really goofy, good but they're hella fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alan Rickman is amazing. Ugh, oh my god, I miss him so much. Yeah, he was so great in that movie. Yeah, he um, is. He's a great villain. I know everyone's favorite quote from that movie is, ho, 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 now I have the machine gun, but my favorite quote from that movie is definitely when he is fighting the really tall, like, creepy guy, and he goes, I'm gonna fucking kill you, I'm gonna cook you, and I'm gonna eat you, uh, which I just thought was hilarious, and I was like, why don't more people quote that line, because that's hilarious. Uh, I also watch Bandersnatch, so I'm sure... All you like pop culture, pop culture junkies out there are well aware that Netflix put out a Black Mirror special called Bandersnatch, which is a choose-your-own-adventure, um, which is really, really. Wait, is interesting. that the whole new season? Is no, that? it's just oh, it's just a, one it's episode? a one-episode special, and oh. it's like it's potentially anywhere from like sixty minutes to one hundred and twenty minutes, depending on the choices you, you make. But it's really seamless, like super well done. Props to everyone that worked on it because very, very well Do you done. you use your remote? Yeah. Whoa. So like you're watching techie. it. And it starts to like introduce you. It's like, what cereal are you going to eat today? So you pick your cereal. And then later on though, there's like a, an ad for the mm-hmm. cereal that you pick. So like it does little yeah. things like that. You pick what music you're going to listen to. And then you like, there's some like heavy duty stuff you have to pick too. Um, ultimately, I think the concept's really cool. I think the execution, it's the first time like anything like this has really been an outside of, I found out that he did a Peppa Pig like this, I guess. Oh, um, So right, outside yeah. of, ki- they kind of started it with kids, kids shows. Movies. Yeah. And then they, super interesting execution. I think that like mechanically they did it amazingly because you don't even notice like a, you don't even notice a skip. Yeah, like it doesn't like miss a beat. It, yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't super in love with like the, the message they were trying to get across was kind of heavy-handed about kind of like consumerism mm-hmm. and um, what was it? It was like action and something. I can't remember now. Um, but there was some really, really cool stuff in it. I would definitely at least play through it once. Apparently there's like, I, I don't know. I think I read like in the double digits number of endings that you can possibly get. Um, and it's like, it's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy to think of like, who's going to try to do this now yeah because it's obviously like a device that people are going to want to use mm-hmm. um but definitely sure, at least more of it. check it out yeah because there's some really really awesome um ideas and like foundation being laid down here for sure and props to the black mirror guys for like constantly kind of thinking outside of the box and being bold enough to try to do something like this what'd you do um lots of buffy huh yeah, so I just haven't really been in a, like, mood to watch anything new. Um, we're, like Ryan said, we're in that weird, like, Christmas and New Year, like, fluctuation time. And it's with all the family and every I've had, like, family in town pretty much nonstop. And so, besides watching, like, Christmas movies, um, I started a rewatch of Buffy. Last time. Who, you were, yeah, I don't you've know. been on it for a while now. It was a long time ago that I started the rewatch. Um, and then you fell out? And, and then I fell out around season I season six, I fell out. So six to me is, is that the one that has once more with feeling? Uh, was, okay. Yeah. It's the hardest season yeah. to get through. So I've just been in, I'm maybe after Twilight, I just got in some vampire mood. And so I was like, you know what? Like I miss Buffy and I love 
I absolutely adore Buffy. And I have seen it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I watched it, like, nonstop as a kid. Um, and then I did, like, a formal rewatch probably, like, five, six years ago. Um, and then I yeah, stopped at season Kate. six. I did with yeah, Kate, yeah. yeah. And then I stopped at season six. And I was watching Buffy and Angel together back to back. So I'd watch one episode of Buffy and one episode of Angel because they do cross over. In the first season of Angel. A couple times. Yeah, a couple Angel. times. Um, yeah. And then a, later on, there's a couple, especially once Buffy ends or near the end because yeah. Spike, when Spike moves over. Yeah. yeah. So um, I wanted to see, and they reference Buffy, what's going on in her world um, and vice versa. Even in Buffy, like Angel's world will kind of get mentioned, like what's going on in LA and like why he can't come help her for whatever reason or why he's not there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just wanted to experience it how you would have if you were watching it because if it was you know during this time i would have been watching both of the shows so anywho um i fell off at season six um and then the season's depressing yeah it is depressing and so when i decided i wanted to start watching it i was like whatever i'll just watch season five again and i like powered through five five is the introduction of dawn yes okay um yeah so glory yeah, okay. it's Dawn and Glory. And that, I love Five. It's a great season. It's super fun. Um, it's super well done. It's super well done. Because I remember when I watched it on TV, I was so confused. And I was really young. Um, God, I don't even know. Two, it was in the 90s and yeah. in the early 2000s. So I was like watching this like 8, 9, 10 years old. And I just remember being like, why is nobody addressing that there's this girl who's never here before? Did I miss something? I know. They do it so well. Like, uh-huh. Even I, when I, the first time I watched it, because I mean, I did, I didn't watch it until it was on Netflix, but I remember oh. thinking I had skipped like yeah. a season. I was like, who the fuck is this character? And they're just acting like oh, she's there. Oh, and just like she's part yeah. of the team or, you know, what, Buffy's Whatever. annoying little sister. Yeah. I was like, when did they introduce her? Yeah, it's like, wait, why is she here? So, uh, five's great and six, um, oh. yeah, it's hard, but I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more this time. I think maybe it's just, I'm in a place to watch it or yeah six is a rough one i think you do have to be in a certain mood because i mean i won't spoil anything for you guys but buffy like basically overcomes this very traumatic event and it severely affects her mood Mm -hmm. and so she's not your normal spunky yeah and it's definitely like buffy it's it's definitely like all the characters go through shit yes it's not just buffy willow has a serious like um arc in this one um where they're all like Let me like make some jokes, but they're all so battling like too. other demons. Like literally, they're personal. Mm-hmm. the The show really takes a hey, we've had these characters battling outside evils. We're gonna make them battle some inside evils now. I will say, once more, the feeling is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I think it's, it's really great. One of everyone's favorite episodes. But. Yeah, it's really good, and it just further cements my idea is like, does ever act every actor like know how to sing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, especially Giles. Yeah, it's I, so I love good. him so much. And I love um, Emma Caulfield. Oh, um, she's so great. Uh, Anya. Anya. I absolutely, I mean, she's one of my favorite characters. I absolutely adore her. I always love the fish out of water character. Yeah, and her um, weird fear of bunnies. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, and she sings about it. What it's bunnies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, so that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I haven't yeah. watched a new movie, a movie I haven't seen in weeks, but. I'm, I'm getting close. I'm just getting through this time. Um, I did go see, um, I watch a lot of Christmas movies for sure, but Love Actually, just like quickly talk about it. It's one I've never been a huge fan of. Oh, I love it And so I know, much. it's one of Ryan's favorites, and I it's just, I've seen it twice, I think, before 
me just watching it again this year. And I watched it once and I was like, I didn't really like that when I was younger. And I watched it again a couple years ago and I was like, ah, it's okay. Like, I love a lot of the people in it. And then um, the group of girls I go to the gym with, like, haven't seen me. I haven't gone. We usually, like, go out to drinks and stuff. And obviously, I haven't been doing that. I've been keeping at home a lot. Um, and so they're like, B, please come. We're going to go see. There's like a theater that go- plays old movies. And so we you went saw to this theater. in theater. Yeah, I saw it at the what Crest. The fuck? So I went, um, Lucky. I want to go next year if they do it. My Holy shit, gym girls and yeah. also my trainer. So he showed up and he's awesome. like, you guys tricked me. It's just, he came with the girls and he's like, this is a chick flick. You guys tricked me. Oh, no, it's so much more. It's <laughs> but, such a good movie. Uh, yeah, I like strongly disliked it after watching it this time like actually no i really there's so many and yeah i know it's problematic there's so many problems in it that i can't i just can't get over it and i think that's why i never i never really attached to it the first time i saw it and i was like i don't really like this but i could never articulate why i didn't have maybe the education or the background knowledge to realize why but every like I mean, I don't think it, I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't pass the Myers-Briggs test. Every single female character is just there as the device of the man. All the love stories are from the person. Oh, not Myers-Briggs. That's a personality test. Yeah, Bechtel, um, Yes. Where if a female talks about something that's not a man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two, if two female characters talk to each other and it's not based on a man. Oh, it um, hella doesn't pass that. No. No, no, no. Because there's almost no main female characters. No. It's and, mostly male. Yeah. Emma Thompson and I don't know the actress's name, but the one who has the brother who's like mm-hmm. in the home. Yeah. Those are the only like female-centric characters. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of male. And... I mean, there's just so many, even, like, the stories of love are so, like, played out of being, like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is a man getting upset because the girl he likes um, is flirting with another guy, and this is a guy who goes abroad and gets all these crazy women he wants. See, I love that part, because I think think it's so, like, satirically about Americans. Out of, of the film. I wouldn't have any problem yeah. with it. But then when you add that to the other stuff and in film. And I love Liam Neeson's part in this movie. Um, with yeah. His, with his son. Like his stepson that he's trying to help get over the death of his mom. I know, I know, I've read all the yeah. articles. I know it's been trendy for the last couple of years. All the problems. Which I didn't even actually. realize. I didn't know anything about it. And then I looked it up and I was like, is this talked about? I'm like, okay, it has been talked about. Um, I mean, I'm not going to like, like, go into it and say you shouldn't watch it. It's a terrible movie. I just... I just find it interesting that now I realize why I don't like it because I'm super uncomfortable with all the plot points. I don't find any of it romantic. I actually find it really problematic and it bugs me. And so I just, I don't know. I, I, it was almost a good personal moment for me because I felt. Like well, I at least could, you knew. You know, no, like I could after watching it three times. Yeah, like I could approach the movie realize, and being yeah. like, okay, this is what, like, I just feel like I've grown so much as like a film critic in my own. Oh yeah, yeah. Self, no, where definitely. Yeah. Before I could watch a movie and not really understand what didn't work for me, mm-hmm. and now um, I can watch a movie and not just because you know it's female problematic or like anti-feminist, but just in general, no matter what about the movie why I might think, like, no, I didn't care for that. Instead of going, like, no, I didn't like it. Now I feel like I I just have a better handling on what works as a movie for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the best things I've loved about the podcast. Yeah. And also, like, 
getting so involved in horror journalism is like really being able to articulate how mm-hmm. I feel about movies and like yeah just like you I, I don't like it's not so much anymore like when someone goes what didn't you like about it I can really be precise and be like yeah, this be is what didn't work for me like, of like I don't know it just and what's stopped. nice too is like there I can still now like I always do find things I'm like oh this was I thought this was really good and I thought this just like how you said like taken out of the movie that one part would work mm-hmm. for you like and I love being able to do that with movies going like oh I really like this part or like I wish they'd flesh this out more because I feel like that was the direction I would have enjoyed or you know like that they could have gone and yeah um no I definitely agree and that must be like a good feeling to know after seeing something going like I don't know why it's not clicking with me right and that's yeah. how I always felt about this i'm like oh okay that's and and like i said i think if this movie wasn't meant to be this like ultra modern romantic like these are the different paths of love and then it's supposed to all come together and be really heartwarming i think any of those segments if you were taking them out and made them their own movie i probably wouldn't find as troubling i think it's like the overall um, well and it's super like together but and i hate i mean like and i like and i like the movie but it's super mansplainy of love. It like, is. It really is. Like, yeah. And I can recognize that. And well, and like, also I think it's easier. I didn't come to this movie until later because it was rated R. There's because there's um, unnecessary nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Female nudity, of yeah. course. Um, but I didn't come to this movie until way later. And so I don't have any sort of nostalgia for yeah. it whatsoever. Did you at least love Bill Nighy? He's the rock star. No, not particularly. God. No. I love his part in that movie. No. I love his whole, like, curmudgeonly thing, and then he realizes, like, oh, my best friend is my manager. Yeah, I mean, that was fine. I just didn't find anything particularly charming about it. <sighs> but, yeah. Fine. That's fine. Anywho. Guys, I know I don't like something. Yes. Good for me. Yes, good for you. I'm proud. I'm happy for you. We disagree on things all the time. It's nothing yes. new. Um, And it's also, like, I don't... I'm not saying it's a perfect movie by no. any means. Well, uh, yeah, and and I'm also not saying it's like the worst movie, and you yeah. shouldn't have if this any is not liking Girls for Night it. Out. No. Uh, cool. So, and then you also read Harry Potter books one and two. You're through two. Yeah, I just started three today. So, yeah, I've just I've been going back and forth. I'm reading them physically and listening to them. So and... I'm almost through five. And after, I think this is one of the, I I've been trying to watch the movies after I read oh, the book. Oh, I'm waiting on the movies. So I'm on. I just finished four, watched uh-huh. Goblet of Fire, and I'm waiting for five. But I will say, like, now that I'm older, it's just like, and I have, I definitely have like a different outlook on things. Um, the fifth book, the second is my least favorite, easily. Um, it just doesn't do a lot for me. I'm not a huge fan of like Lockhart's whole thing, and like, I don't love all the stuff with Aragog or whatever. Like, uh-huh. and it's always been like my least favorite. And the yeah. movie, too. Like, I think Kenneth Branagh was like a weird casting choice and stuff, but, and I like him a lot, but. Now the fifth book, I'm like, fuck, I hate this book. Because it's literally like J.K. Rowling was like, let's just shit on Harry for fucking 800 pages. Because everything, because it's Umbridge. And so it's yeah. just like, everything is awful. Yeah. Like, she's just the worst. Like, worse than any of the Death Eaters. Yeah. Worth, worse than Voldemort. Because she just comes in and, like, Harry's one safe place, place which is Hogwarts. Is taken away from him. Is taken away from him. Yeah. And, like, she's out to get him. He can't play Quidditch. She's constantly in detention. Like... It's just, like, everything that can go wrong goes wrong, and it's really hard for me because I'm, like, I'm just, like, fuck, I hate this. Like, and it's a very common trope in 
like a hero story arc like a yeah, lot of the time like have, they have to yeah. like they go through that thing where like everything can go and wrong and they lose confidence yeah. yeah and i think it's just like this time around for some reason i'm just like i'm i i'm barely getting through it a chapter at a time because yeah. i'm like fuck because every chapter is like more shit more shit yeah she, now she's coming well, after Hagrid. right that's now, like five six and seven yeah, I it know. Gets, but once least, once shit goes down, it pretty much just goes it does. But like, hard. I feel like five is like Harry's helpless. Like yeah. at least six and seven, he has like the support system. Everyone at least actually believes in fucking Voldemort. Yeah, because that's the worst part. Is everyone just going like you're a liar? Not He's not yeah. back. I hated it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like almost done with it. But. I like two. I actually remember like not liking two as much, and now rereading it, I I feel like I felt. Like, the spider part was way longer when I was a kid, and it was actually, like, a one chapter in the book. Two just always feels um, so weird, because you're like, oh, so Voldemort's not really a villain, but he kind of is. But it's like this. Oh, because but you learn you about, but you have out, to. You, yeah. You That's don't find really out until later. You have to learn about your villain, at least in a story like this, a true, like, hero's journey. Yeah. In, like, an epic. You have to know about your villain's background to know really how evil it's they so are. It's so smart of, I mean, rolling eventually ties in with the horcruxes yeah. like it's nuts but yeah and i think knowing all that like makes it easier but growing up especially i think there's this weird like nostalgic of like i just like especially the second boy the second book when you don't know like everything else uh-huh. you know you're like yeah, yeah i don't really care for it yeah like, now think, you that book seems really important because so many things are brought up like yeah well, you find parcel tongue yeah, and like yeah, yeah. all these things are brought up and you're like these all come up later yeah that's what this that's all, book is that's such when you a find out like stone. you get like the most background about the houses in that mm-hmm. book too but yeah i mean i think it's still my one of my least favorites i really love four three and four are just so like good for me like and because i love Sirius. yeah um and i love i do love the like the concept of five like i like the secret society and yeah oh this is all cool but it's just all the like fuck harry it's it's hard because i love harry yeah uh cool so we are covering new year's evil which I thought I had seen, but I had not. Liar. I, He's bragging seen... about seeing it. He never even yeah. saw it. <laughs> Damn it. I saw, uh, for some reason, I got this mixed up with Christmas Evil. Oh. Um, so I haven't seen that, but I have seen New Year's Evil previous to this, and I love it. Yeah, it's it's a wild little movie, man. Um, during a New Year's Eve celebration, a Los Angeles disc jockey receives a phone call saying that when New Year's strikes in each time zone, someone will be murdered, and she will be the last one yep um i was dumb and thought that meant that this travel this person was traveling from new york to california and killing someone in every time zone as midnight struck and i was like fuck man they're flying down their freeway and even i said that like when i started watching this and i watched it with my wife and um a couple of friends and they're like ryan i'm pretty sure he's just murdering them in la but at that time yeah. zone i was like Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Also, six-hour flight from New York to California. Yeah, definitely so, not going to make it in an hour. Yeah, or three hours, whatever yeah. time difference is. My concept of time is not the That's best. That's okay. We all have those moments. Yep. Uh, released December twenty-sixth, nineteen eighty. So right on time with. Yeah, that's um, great. I love yeah. when that happens. Like, yeah, I mean, I love all theme movies, but if they can come out right around the time of their theme, it's always weird to me. Like when like hollow like sometimes horror movies that are set in like fall and stuff will come out in summer and i'm like why don't you just come out in fucking fall yeah i yeah i don't get it uh budget unknown box office unknown uh yeah there's actually not a lot of information about this film in general um 
you can't, there's not a lot of trivia, there's not a lot of information. The director, the writer, um, the people who composed the soundtrack, the band that plays in the movie, there's like minimal information about all of them. Well, I mean, so what? This is post-Halloween, but pre-Slasher Boom, right? Yeah, so it came out the same year as Terror Train, which is also, so 1980 was Terror Train. Um, I'm going to look up the release date right now. Um October 3rd was Terror Train. Okay. Um, so it came out right after Terror Train, but this is before, like, the big boom. April Fool's Day was 86. Like, all the holiday slashers that started coming out. Yeah. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night was 84. Um, so it was really just post-Halloween, um, right before, like, the 80s holiday-themed slashers kicked off. Um... Dread Central's Matt Serafini concluded this isn't worth your time if you're looking for a horror film to deliver and scares of suspense, but as a late night horror fix, it's ideal. What New Year's Evil lacks and scares and makes it up for in pure entertainment, and really that's all you can ask for. Uh, which I super agree with. I actually, um, Matt Serafini is one of my favorite writers for Dread Central. We, we usually vibe um, right around the same, and I completely agree with that. Like, yeah. while we were watching it, I was like, well, like, this isn't very scary, and it's the kills aren't that great either, but, Mm-mm. like, there's something about it that yeah, is super entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining. It lacks, it for sure lacks in any sort of suspense or scare or gore. That is not what this film's nope. about. Yeah. It is has way more camp than that. Yeah, it's, B was saying right before we started, like, it feels kind of like Blood Rage with the, the amount of camp and, like like a little bit like that's like kind of soap opera e melodramatic acting but, but with it, way more structure way more structure yeah. than um blood rage and like you know every character knew what they were getting into here <laughs> unlike um what's her face i can never remember her name who was on an actual soap opera um labeled another routine mad slasher film and strictly paint by the number effort by tv guide i don't completely agree with that um I mean, sure, it uh, follows. I think that's fair from TV Guide. If you're, yeah, I guess approaching to, this yeah. from a mass standpoint, this is not. This is a strictly, you know, it's not as paint by numbers as for a slasher. But I think it's a little pre all those um, tropes hadn't really been established yet. Right. But it is just your kind of standard chaotic horror film. Yeah. I think it's just campier, but I guess that's not something TV Guide really excels on. Exactly. I think think that was just a fair quote for the mass public on this one. The poster is (laughs) very 1980s, that's for fucking sure. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a calendar of December, and it has some, like, New Year's decorations kind of over it. Yeah, like confetti. Yeah, and the killer... um, Evil evil who is actually his name is richard richard is coming through with his switchblade it's his face and um his fist with the blade in front of it in front of him and it's like kind of written in like a red chalk scrawl and it says don't dare make new year's resolutions unless you plan to live what's the second tagline i can't read it i'm uh, blind b and i are both blind so i don't know um tiny, both got bad tiny eyes. font uh a celebration of the macabre okay not very good uh, the other one is fine. I don't mind. Don't dare make New Year's resolutions unless you plan to live. Uh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It plays perfectly it's into ominous. what this movie is. And it's campy, which 100%. What yeah. do you think of this poster? Oh, it, yeah. They also have this New Year's, you're invited to a killer party on a different note. See, that's not, not a good one. That's bad. Because it's not like they're going to a New Year's party. I mean, that's kind of... It's a... Yeah, so the party is this sort of like 
Backdrop. New Year's Eve ball drop thing, but that's not where people are going. That's just where the finale is. Yeah. And that's and, where he's... And it carries us there because she's yeah. there, but it's not about like a killer at a New Year's party no. or anything. Yeah. Um, This poster, I mean, I like it. It's It fits in with the 80s, and I like it because you're getting what you expect. You have yep. our killer on the front. You have his weapon that he actually uses in the film. It's a pretty you've photorealistic got, picture of him. Too, yeah, actually. you've got a calendar so you know that because like this movie is it's actually very important that it's New Year's Eve. Yep. That is central to this plot. Which I love. Yes, I which love I love that, too. That it's we not... have a holiday movie where like the holiday is the central like yeah. conceit of the kills. If it wasn't New Year's Eve, his kills wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Um cuz he's killing one per time zone. Uh-huh. Um which is low. He doesn't kill a lot of people. <laughs> um but yeah, so I like it the New Year's Eve will been written out like you'd perhaps write out you know, your New Year's Eve plan on the calendar. I'm all good with that. Yep. Um, you know, you, I mean, we have our tagline at the top. We have a switchblade, which leads us right into the title. Um, it's a good poster. Yeah. It is. Um, it's definitely one of those ones you'll like, if you grew up with video store era. You would have seen yeah, it. Yeah, you would yeah. have seen it. Like, it's one of those ones that like sticks out. Yeah. Um, I think like the, like you said, that red drawing, like it, it is that kind of yeah. like cartoon theory of Yeah, and I, yeah, I have nothing wrong with posters, you know, done this way. When they're done well, like this one is, it's great. What pisses me off about a lot of these 80s slashers is they have characters on it that aren't in the film or there's weapons that aren't, you know, it's like when they film footage for the trailer that doesn't exist in the movie or like things that are cut um and they use it for advertising it's like no that's misleading this Mm -hmm. should be telling us it's like the freaking slaughter high poster is a oh yeah a skeleton teacher with like a cherry bomb and like no the skeleton the the, i realized this finally the slaughter high uh, cover looks like a goosebumps book cover it does that's what it looks like exactly like like a goosebumps cover so you go in like for me at least because a 90s kid i was like what kind of goosebumps movie am i getting into here maybe that's what they were trying to get at uh, sorry if you hear the dogs. B is hosting a lot of dogs for New Year's. She's having a dog party. Strictly dogs allowed. Yeah, only dogs. And one ferret and a bunny. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I live in a very small two-bedroom house, and it's a zoo in here. Um, w- Tis family and holidays. Yeah. W. Michael Lewis did the score. He did a... This is the weirdest note you've ever written. A few ninja movies. A few movies. ninja movies with Lauren. Um, who Who's Lauren? Another He's also did the score. So it's okay. W. Michael Lewis and Lauren Reiner who did um, Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja. All right. And this movie that looks like from 1980 that... Or 1980 that looks like Three Ninjas, but it's not. And it's called Little Ninjas. Oh, weird. I did see that, actually, yeah. when I was looking this up. And when yeah. I, look, I saw Little Ninjas, and I'm like, huh, I wonder what this is. And, of course, it was like, are you looking for Three Ninjas? And, and I was like, like oh, no. these poor people. <laughs> um, I like the score a lot, actually. It, yeah. It has that weird discordant thing they did in the 80s where it's like those like very loud musical cues that kind of are dread-inducing mm-hmm. or like kind of just... Like that synth heavy, yeah, kind of really stuff. high yeah. notes. Um, and then most of it um, is done with a soundtrack by a band named Shadow, which is kind of like a mainstream punk classic rocky band. Yeah, that's they performing. dress kind of like horror core misfits with glam. A little yeah, bit. yeah, but then the music's I think a little bit softer. Than yes, that. yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. little bit more like easy general rock. But it, I mean, definitely has like 
punk vibes. Uh, and it definitely has its own theme song. This movie does. It's so good. It is fantastic. I really actually. like it. We should probably include it somewhere. We'll link to it for sure. Yeah. Because I really, first of all, if your movie has a song, it's awesome. It, no matter how bad the song is, because awesome. remember the Chucky rap or the song yeah, we heard. That was really bad. Oh, but so really bad. good. But really good, exactly. Yeah. And um, Shark Knight has its own song uh-huh. that plays over the end credits, and this is no different. Like when because I because I'm Knight. like a hundred years Monster old. Squad. Yeah. Yes, Monster Squad. Has um, its own rap. Um, uh, particularly if it's a rap. Yes. That's even better. That's the best. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, 100, so I watch everything with closed captions now. Uh-huh, same. Um, so when it pops up and it goes, New Year's Evil playing, and I was like, the fucking song's uh-huh. called New Year's Evil? And yeah. then I hear it, and I'm like, this is great. I absolutely love this. Yeah. Um, Emmett Austin directed. He did more ninja stuff um, yeah so they all worked on these ninja movies kind of together uh across the killing bay 1990 little ninjas 1990 force of the ninja 88 demon warp 88 tiger shark 87 i've heard of tiger shark and demon warp uh nine deaths of the ninja 85 and three three-way weekend 1979 uh-huh. is that a porno um no it's not there were definitely porno-ish vibes in this movie uh, yes, especially that nurse were. that nurse scene for uh-huh. me i was like this is like straight up so and, like and he whispered it to himself this is, is a porn. um so nothing like super prolific no and the last thing he did was his 1990 um uh leonard knee newbauer newbauer yeah leonard newbauer this was the last thing he wrote he has like a few credits spanning like he made a movie in the 40s he wrote a movie in the 50s he wrote one in the 60s wrote one in the 70s and this one's his 80s film but nothing really um looked like some kind of spy stuff in the 40s and 50s um but you know, wow, not much from career, these guys though. um yeah i mean he put out a movie per decade pretty much it was just one per decade Weird. um yeah so crew um not not a lot of info. Looks like uh, the director and the composers tended to work together, or at least met each other filming ninja movies. And if you look, ninja community, if you look these up too, like Force of Ninja, Demon War, Tiger Shark, they all like look. They're those like drawn art art covers that look like campy eighties movies. So yeah. he had a niche, that's uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Roz great. Kelly is our lead, uh, our final girl, uh, Diane Sullivan, our final woman yes final woman um if you are old enough to remember on nick at night they used to play happy days or old enough to have been alive when happy days aired on yeah, regular that's true. abc i think yeah so um roz kelly played pinky tuscadero who was fonzie's girlfriend in that show which um i for some reason have like distinct memories of her she used to do this thing where she'd clap her sides and then like do little pistol guns at you mm-hmm. um and then she was in a bunch of other like really famous 70s tv shows starcy and hutch dukes of hazards um love, love boat. boat yeah uh Niven, this guy did like nothing but like he was in these little things but like nothing huge no i mean he's still acting i think he has a credit in 2017 oh wow. so he's still in a ton of stuff um all the stuff that he's sort of known for was from like the 70s and 80s so this film magnum force airport 1975 and earthquake and he is uh he is our killer and if you didn't make the connection he is uh he is actually our final girl's husband yes which is revealed at the end of the movie um chris wallace plays lieutenant clayton which is kind of our other our only other main character before we get down to the sun um i mean really nothing else he doesn't have a picture on imdb 
Uh, Chris Wallace looks like Roy Schreider Light. That's what I kept oh, thinking of. Oh, yeah, was I see like, that for like sure. Chief Brody from yeah. Jaws, but not quite. But he has a lot of those like kind of facial, like those hard lines. And, uh, and then Grat Kramer as Derek Sullivan, the son. Yeah, he's kind of gone on like most recently to have uh, he he's still acting. Um, most horror fans will recognize him as the lead in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yep. He plays Mike. Um, he was in Young and the Restless for a long time. And then now he's sort of put on, like, he's still acting. Um, and he has, like, TV roles here and there and some movies. Um, nothing nothing that really looked that recognizable. But um, he's become a producer on recent films. Um, so he produced The Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg yeah, that yeah, came yeah. out a few years ago. And The November Man with Pierce Brosnan. Yep. Um, so still, That's cool. still doing yeah, stuff. Still in film. Yeah. Uh, Louisa Moretz is Sally. She was Rose in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I believe in this she is our drive-thru driving girl. Is that her? Um, she's the one who's suffocated by the bag of weed. Oh, gotcha. Okay. okay. Um, but um, everybody else, all the other people who are in it and are killed, um, nothing too notable. Um, at least not that I saw. It's possible I missed. But um, it's a big cast. Yeah. It's a lot of like... Oh, yeah. Small roles. Yes, tons yeah. of small roles. But uh, Those are our main people. For sure, yeah. Diane yeah. and Richard are our main characters. Yeah. And then the Lieutenant and Derek uh, sort of round us out. Definitely a holiday slasher. Hardcore. Yep. That's pretty much, I mean, it's that 80s holiday slasher for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what the 80s is kind of Yeah, this of, even like, predates uh, My Bloody Valentine, barely. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, like, you know, it doesn't establish the roles quite as well no. as My Bloody Valentine does. Um it's a wild movie, man. I just, I really want you guys to see this one. Um, <laughs> well, I'm assuming they've seen it as we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, the killer himself is evil, a.k.a. Richard Sullivan. I am evil. Yeah. So, dude, he's so weird. He has this, like, voice changer, which was, I just couldn't help but be like, oh, Scream, scream. vibes. Yeah. So scream, I'm like, scream. automatically, I, I was like, cool. I hope that Scream did it because of this movie. Oh, fuck. I hope so. I hope Ghostface like Kevin has Williamson a Ghostface is just voice like, because of this movie. Yeah, Kevin Williamson is just like, I fucking love New Year's Evil. Um, although I doubt it, because this movie is hella misogynistic. Um, he does change costumes, which is pretty great, because he, dude, oh, I can't wait to tell you guys about this movie, because it's just... Dude, I can't wait to tell you. He changes costumes pretty frequently. He puts frequently. on a mustache. Yeah. He, um, he hates women, pretty much. He decides that he is, like, judge, jury, executioner, as far yeah. as deciding if women are good or naughty. Yeah. Um, and if they're naughty, which pretty much, like, 99% of women to him, because he's Breathing. delusional. If you yeah. breathe as a woman, you are probably a bad girl. Yeah, and so he's, like, going around killing women that he deems... That he like are are bad people, and he's decided like I just uh, it's so weird. Okay, the iconic weapon is a switchblade, which he uses almost the entire movie. Yeah, um, he definitely has it like from the very beginning of the movie. This movie is like none of it sh- makes any sense. Like really, it's just about like this strange guy who decides he hates his wife, and then because of that, he's going to kill all these women. No, on idea. her big night. Like this is yeah. She's... The scene opens up, and like you have a producer Avon who's like, "All right, we've got to have crazy ratings tonight. Like this is like your career on the line. Like this is a big um, opportunity." She's basically hosting like a lower level like like a, a cable access uh, show. What is the Dick Van? No, what is the one? The famous one that Ryan Seacrest now hosts, but... Mm. Ryan Seacrest hosts a show? It's literally the one New Year's Eve show that anybody watches with Baldwin. Oh, where Dick Clark was? Yeah, Yeah, Dick Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, Um, it's not Dick Van Dyke. Dick Clark's New Year's Eve show that everybody watches with a ball drop. This was like a cable version of it. Right, and it's very much, she's like, 
basically an MTV VJ because right. uh, yeah, she, it's like MTV's version. Yeah, she yeah. plays for like she says she plays alt music. Like everyone there is kind of like a young teen or early twenties. They're playing punk music all night long. She's dressed very glam. You know, she's got the very accentuated like cheekbones and glitter, and she's got this like jumpsuit on. Um, so he picks this night, you know, and he's going to murder everyone every time zone. He calls into our show and tells her that. And as, as soon as it happens, like, they're like, you know, I think this is for real. And, um. Get the cops. There are cops here. Get more cops. Get more cops. I need more cops. Uh, Finally, a sensible woman. Yeah, no, it's, and like, so we're introduced to him. I mean, he does kill Yvonne, who's showering. We don't see mm-hmm. any nudity in that scene, though. No. Um, but he does kill Yvonne. Who's our black like her, hair, our one black character killed first. Yeah, um, not great. But he kills her with a switchblade behind the curtain. It's mostly on screen, uh, but you don't see much. Yeah. Um, so she's the first to go. Um, but I don't think he kills her out of time zone time, right? That was no. just to like launch things yeah. off, kind of. So he calls in and he's like, "I'm going to do this on the time zones." And um, it's just crazy because so our character Evil, who calls in with this voice recorder, he is cha- call me Evil. He has like this wild crazy plan where he's like okay first i'm going to hospital i'm dressing up as an orderly uh-huh. i like bump into this nurse you pretend to be a new employee yeah and like this nurse is just like whatever fuck it it's new year's eve we're totally gonna bone and so like they're about to have sex and there's something like so weird and and like it shouldn't work but it does because like i love the whole so he puts on the radio he like puts on that it's the like show. the show yeah. from new york and he's like he's he's recording the show from New York, but at the same time, like he's when the ball hit or when the ball drops in New York, he kills her, and she's like screaming, and he calls into the show on the phone and like plays the recording for them. Mm-hmm. It's a Black Christmas kill. It's a Black Christmas ripoff. Yeah. So yeah. as he's stabbing her, they're cutting to scenes from the New Year's Eve show. It is like hundred percent Barb's kill and Black Christmas. Yeah. And, but like, the way it's shot. Yeah, but like, way sleazier. And also, just, and then the next thing, though, like that you know is he's not dressing up yet as a priest, right? That's not the next one. That's the end. That's the end. Yeah. Yeah. This is where he dresses up as like a rich guy and he's got a mustache and a suit. And, yeah. Um, he goes yeah. and picks up Sally and Lisa, who are these women that he meets. Yeah, and so um, also traveling while this is happening, we're in, we're like kind of finding out more about our main character Diane too. Like we know her husband's not there, but he's supposed to be there at some point. Um, if if you're astute, you'll like make the you'll connect the dots pretty early on. Like, oh, this is her fucking husband. Yeah, because like there's some comments made about him, and then also her son is fucking weird. Like Derek. Is such a bizarre character because he's got like this feathered hair. He's yeah, it's like they almost are trying to elude that he could be the killer. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's not. But you know he's not. Yeah, you see the killer. There's never like he's never masked. Oh yeah, although Richard like dresses differently, he's never masked. Like you see his full face straight from the get go. Like you know what this person looks like. Like even though the first the first scene where you see him, he technically is calling in, and his face is like in shadow, and he's using his like weird evil voice. As soon as he makes the doctor kill, you see him. Yeah. But Derek is like. He's like trying to tell his mom he got like a role on a show, like a space TV show, and she's like, "That's great, honey." And then he fucking takes her red nylons and he pulls them over her fa- his face, and he pierces his ear with a like a pin, a push pin, yeah, like a push pin, and it's it's <laughs> it's and so he fucking weird. Stares at himself for a while, and uh, basically, I think the point of this is like, oh, her kid's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like potentially. 
uh, could be the killer, even though you know he's not. It's um, definitely making you realize, though, that, like, there's something wrong with their kid. And it, like, again, it just weirdly works because at the end, once you realize that dad's the killer, you're yeah. like, this obviously runs in the family. Yeah, this is, they both are, like, psychopaths. Well, and also I think it helps, um, I mean, it sets up, because you can always start thinking, well, maybe he's going to start killing people, too. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, Sally is our next one. So he picks up sally and her friend um and they're driving around in his mercedes and i just like that whole scene when they're in the front seat i just couldn't think like stop thinking how uncomfortable it looked i'm like the three of them all in the front seat and that threesomes work right yeah well it kind of makes it seem like there's going to be a threesome i also really thought she was going to just like give him a blowjob in the car because she's like on it like she yeah. really wants to yeah she's up. on vacation yeah and she came to see the ocean and what's like what are the weird things she starts talking about like all the different like therapies she does and like different releases she has and you can just tell he's like annoyed with her and so he finally pulls into this gas station and he sends her friend into he's like why don't you go use the bathroom and buy a nice bottle of champagne he's a hundred baby he's like trying to pretend to be this like high roller yeah and so her friend goes in and then he's like this part fucking dude he pulls it like literally a five gallon bag the biggest fucking sandwich like ziploc bag you'll Some ever Colombian see weed no, is that a thing so that's the thing he goes check this out it's real colombian i was like isn't that coke like isn't coke the big thing <laughs> that's, that's supposed saying. to be colombian right yeah why and, you're in california why would you be getting your weed from colombia and then also i'm colorblind so like when dark greens start mixing with blacks i can't see them so i couldn't see the green in the bag oh. i was like what it's just a fucking empty bag no. and everyone's like there's weed right there <laughs> yeah. and i was like what but like a t- i mean not a tiny bit but like a small no, amount of oregano like obviously not yeah, weed <laughs> but in consideration to the the bag oh like dude, it's a lot of weed this but bag like is the bag huge. is huge and like there's it looks like barely the okay. bottom corner is but full. fun fact when you live in mendocino county um it's, you know that's yeah. a normal thing so i was sitting at the bar <laughs> Um, with my friends after my bridal shower and this guy comes up with a bag exact same size except for the fact that it was filled yeah, with weed. Yeah, full of weed. That's what and I'm he used was, to. Yeah. yeah, and he was literally just like taking out handfuls. He's like, oh, you want some herb? You want some herb? And just like putting it on the table and... Yeah, I had, like, my friend who's from SAC, she, like, came and she's like, what the heck? And she's like, does anybody have anything to smoke this weekend? Then we hella just smoked that weed that this guy Dude, just put it on so, the table. no joke, this is a fun little tangent. <laughs> when I moved to Southern California, because, like, like be said, we grew up in Mendocino County. We grew up in Ukiah, which is the hub of Mendocino County. It's, like, basically one of the main centers for the Emerald Triangle, which, if you're not familiar, it's, like... It's, the, like, Humboldt, it's, Trinity. Yeah, and it's the most affluent like marijuana growth in california pretty much and like some of the quote-unquote best weed i don't know i don't smoke weed but that's what i hear so when i moved to southern california my i had friends who smoked and they're like i know i will remember this till the day i die they're like oh yeah i want to hang out but i gotta hit up my dealer and i was like you have a what and they're like a dealer i was like for drugs and i'm thinking like coke or some shit they're like yeah for weed i'm like who the fuck has a dealer for weed and they're like yeah because in ukiah i I used to go to parties and people would just hand me bags of weed. Yeah. Like they'd be like, "Hey man, here you go." Like like a party favor. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a party favor in Ukiah. There is no fucking way growing up if I had smoked that I would have ever paid for marijuana in in Ukiah. Yeah. Definitely not. Like no one I'm I'm not a big smoker whatsoever. I smoke on rare occasions. Um I'm a drinker, guys. Yeah, me too. Um but I 
yeah, no. no we yeah, only started paying for weed when we moved here. Yeah, because just growing up around there, it's everywhere. So yeah. so it is pretty funny, though, that, like, I'm this bag saying, yeah. is definitely the size. But in Ukiah, those bags are full of weed. Yeah, it is funny. Um, so he kills her, and then he switches. Um, well, he, like, he leaves her body. This is the best part. He leaves, like, her bloody shoes. Uh-huh. He leaves a little... Um, a trail. Uh, yeah. What is that? Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, for her friend to follow. Yeah. Into the, this. Into th- to think, like, to think, like, okay, this is definitely going to work. I'm going to put this shoe here and this shoe here. I'm going to hide in the dumpster. Her friend's going to look for me. I'm going to kill her, too. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what happens. Yeah. Her friend comes well, out, course. finds one shoe, finds the other, and then killed in the dumpster. Um, and then the police also find, like, a purse, like a coin wallet, pretty much. A coin purse. And... <laughs> I love this part. They find the coin purse, and as soon as they find it, the dead body slides down the slide, and they find her with her boob slashed open. Uh-huh. Not her throat, but no, it's one just like, boob. Like on her boob, she got a little cut. Yeah. I'm assuming there's um, some deathly wound somewhere else that we don't see. So by the time this happens, the police have found Yvonne, um, at least her body, because her head is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they know. That's for later. Yeah. They know that she is dead. Um, and then, like, they're kind of starting to get these reports of women being attacked and killed. Um, so, yeah, that's Sally and Lisa were killed, suffocated by a bag, and then pulled into the dumpster. And then um, he changes outfits to dress as a priest yeah. now. He's got, like, the collar, like, kind of, you know, your typical well-known, like, priest outfit. And he goes to a drive-in. But Well, he gets flipped off. He's, like, at a stop sign with some bikers and the bikers flip them off and then he hits and their then bikes. he hits their bikes and so they he goes to hide out at the driving yeah, because not even him stupid enough to think i can take no on the whole he hits gang. their bikes on accident because yeah. he's like flustered yeah. and they start like to beat the car up and yeah. they're like gonna beat his ass so he goes very and, 80s yeah oh biker gang the bi- yeah. dude the gang is the punk kids yeah. are so 80s they're all wearing like leather and they yeah. like I mean, there's a part where it shows them in the very beginning of the movie. They show up at like the VJ like event, uh-huh. and they're about to beat up the doorman because he asked to see their, their tickets. tickets. And then they get out their switchblade, and but it's a comb in it, and then he yeah. comb his hair. Um, so he is like trying to lose them. So he goes to this drive-in, abandons abandons his car, and comes up to this car where a guy and a girl are like making out, and her shirt's off in the back seat pulls the guy out and he's like give me the fucking keys pulls the switchblade and he starts driving away with this girl in the back seat and this was obviously like not part of his plan so there's almost a part where you think like oh he might not kill this girl like he's holding his knife up but it's not mm-hmm. out the blade's not out but then she says she's like come on mister i'll do whatever you want we can even get it on and then the blade pops because he naughty, naughty yeah girl. does not like that he does not like a girl offering herself up to him um, but this girl They're not it, married. That's not okay. This girl is super smart because so he pulls up and he's about to hit these two people, so he has to slow down. And even while that was happening, I said out loud, I was like, just get out of the car. Yeah. Like because there weren't automated locks back then. Just no. get out of the car. And she fucking does. Yeah, she gets out. Yeah, so she gets out of the car. And then I also love that he gets out, he gets out, he grabs the guy, pulls the knife on him, he's like, Why don't you fucking watch where you're going? And then runs. But I'm like, that was completely unnecessary. If you're actually trying to catch this girl, you, you would not stop. stop and be like, well, you fucking watch where you're going. And then we have a classic running scene, which I, oh my God, she's like flailing her arms. It was so good. So she runs like Phoebe and Friends, and mm. he runs like he has no urgency in the world. Like he's like kind of. Like, like every slasher. 
It's great. He basically looks like he's speed walking through the woods. He's well, like, it's better than slow walking. No, I would rather have the slow, lumbering steps of Jason. He's not big enough for that. No, he's not. But like, just his goofy walk. Yeah. Um, and she gets away, actually. Yeah, this she girl. does. Good uh, job. Yeah. So we finally go back to the station, and like they've put the full well, lockdown. And he does get into an altercation with a biker, and he does knife him. Oh, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah but right. I don't think he kills him because it does get brought up on the radio later, like that he um, had injured. They don't say that the guy died. Yeah, and he doesn't it's not show on the hour. Died. Yeah, yeah. So he just injures one of the bikers with a switchblade because it's the one that flips him off. And he has to, like, trick his way into the building, even though he is the husband. But he, like, tricks the cops so he can sneak in. Yeah, he dresses up as a cop. Costume yeah. change again. So we're back with Diane now. She's entered her dressing room. There's a cop in there who at least is smart enough to realize, like, something's going on. Yeah, this is this guy is, like, targeting you. And so he's like, I'm going to protect you in here. And so she goes in, and he, like, checks the whole room out. And he's like, okay, it's clear. And he leaves. And then we see this guy in the mirror with this really weird, almost, like, Richard Nixon, like, bald richard nixon mask but yeah. we couldn't figure out what it was exactly if you guys know let us know um creepy halloween mask pretty much and you're standing there and you're like oh he's in the room he's in the room and then he takes the mask off and she's like oh, richard and you're like oh shit it's the husband she ain't scared him yeah so she's not scared of her husband he's like i'm gonna go let this cop know i'm in the room again for all these like things that happen in horror movies i kind of love like these little parts where in a normal horror movie, you'd be like, why are they doing Or, like, why didn't they do this? Why did they do that? Yeah. But, like, this girl gets out of the car and escapes. I like that. The the yeah, fact that he goes, like, smarter. oh, I'm going to tell this cop that I'm your husband. It's like, that's hella fucking smart. That yeah. you're going to be like, I'm her husband. I'm in this room. Yeah. So he goes and, like, he tells her and she confirms, like, oh, yeah, this is my husband. And so while that's happening, the cops are slowly realizing it is the husband. Mm-hmm. Because they get reports that the car from the drive-in matches the car that was seen um, with the girls in it. And so they're like... And then I love the manager, too. He's like, I always knew her husband was a creep. Like, I always said he was a creep. I knew it. Um, so they're running up to save her, but it's too late. They're in the elevator. Richard's got on a fucking tracksuit. I think legit it's like a Fila tracksuit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he's got a tracksuit on, and, like, they're kind of talking. And what's he say to her? He says something about, like, he makes, you know, some villain remark about not seeing New Year's or something. Um, and then he... <laughs> this fucking scene too uh oh no he's not in the elevator with her it's her and the cop right yeah well he gets into the elevator with her that's when his big reveal is they sit down in the elevator and he tells her why but at first it's the cop and her in the elevator and he's fucking with the elevator panel like watching it on the camera and watching it on the camera and it's so funny because all he does is make the elevator drop really fast Mm -hmm. and for some reason that knocks her and the cop out yeah. Like they legit get knocked out and he comes in, he kicks the cop in the face and he drags him away and then he sits in the elevator with her and that's when you find out basically he is mad that she doesn't support their son. Like the, she isn't proud of their son. He went out and he didn't tell them that he was related to them so he could make it on his own and she doesn't care. And then also I guess their son tells hit the dad that she like flirts with other men and she also has been throwing herself at him and so he like starts saying you know like all women are bad like even her um so you know tonight like it's gonna be our last show so he takes the elevator and he handcuffs her to the bottom of it and then he sends it up through the shaft um and 
then there's like the weird in between moment where two people show up in the elevator and I have no fucking clue yeah, how they he got like there. Put them in there for some I don't reason. know. When she gets to the very top though, you see Yvonne's decapitated head yeah. in the elevator shaft. So somehow he got that in there. Yeah, it's like and it's seriously just like lodged in there. Yeah. Like and I like, love, oh, this will go here. I love from Good the beginning there. that means he was like yeah, this is what it is. Like, I'm going to make sure I tie her to this elevator and she comes all the way up to see Yeah, it's very well planned out. Yeah. Um, I also don't think that's how control panels on elevators work. He kind of just, like, uses... A screwdriver. And, a like, screwdriver and um, some, like, yeah, they look like car battery um, jumper cables yeah. um, to make the elevator go up and down. And then um, he's... I'll, uh, I'll refer to... Uh what I call Ben, my fact-checking producer. Because usually in, like, movies when it has to do with anything, like, he's, like, a mechanic. So anything mechanical or anything, like, physical, like, could you really stomp somebody's head in? I just ask him, and he usually tells me the answer. So I'll, I'll refer to him. Is that yeah. how, yeah. <laughs> is that how say, elevator is that how elevators work? Um, and he's about to kill her when the cops come in, and they start a shootout. And then they chase him to the roof, and this part's super fucking weird, too. They chase him to the roof. He drops his weapons, he puts his mask on, he quotes Hamlet, and he jumps off the building. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and then the movie ends kind yeah, of... Yeah, because he can never live in a world where all these women are just all the same. But that quote from Hamlet is super bizarre. Like, the one he pulls, because it, it's the, like, to dream, to dream for chance, or to, to sleep, to sleep for a chance to dream, like, that whole quote, it's, it's very well known, but mm. it's, like, a really weird quote to use. Um, jumps down, he, and then um, we see the sun you know, over his body once they get outside. The mom is loaded into the ambulance. Her wrists are all fucked up because she was going up and down handcuffed to an elevator. And the son is in the front seat of the ambulance. He has murdered the driver. And, like, he looks at the camera as the he drives away and it pans out and you hear the radio for Hawaii's yeah. um, New Year's. New Year's, which I love that, too. Yeah. So, um, like, death of the paramedic by yeah, the sun. By the sun. So, so that's what I was trying to allude to. I also earlier. love, too, when he sees his dad and his daddy's like, I pierced my ear for you. Like, like he says that to him. It's so weird. It's so weird. Okay, this Very, movie's fucking weird, guys. Yeah, weird relationship. Avi. Some the dad is like jealous of the son, who apparently the wife is giving the son like signals and yeah, and like the dad obviously has like the dad and the son both have like disillusioned views on women because like the mom is being motherly and the son takes it as her being like seductive. Yeah, Yeah. so it's it's all fucked up. Oh, here, my son, I love you. Come give me a hug. He's like, she wants me. Yep, she wants me. Her breasts are on my body. There is rampant misogyny in this movie. Um, Diane Sullivan is our, our final girl. Um, she's essentially an on character. Like, yeah, she, I mean, she's a vessel to carry the story. Yeah. She um, is there to be the reason why the killer is And it killing. seems and like you're going to follow her in the whole movie, but you really start to follow Richard about yeah. 20 minutes in. And, and then, the then all of a sudden, him. yeah. And then it's just her panic and going like, okay, this guy's killing people. I'm getting kind of worried. Yeah, it's kind of just flashing back to yeah. her every once in a while getting a call from him about like... she. Yeah, kids. she doesn't really have any final girl scenes. The poor thing has to sit there and listen to her husband talk about how she's just like all these other women who are all terrible and then he ties her up and then yeah, that's then pretty much... Yeah. yeah, and then she's basically stuck with yeah. her crazy ass son. Yeah, maybe. We don't uh, know what he does because yeah. we didn't get a sequel. Yeah, no sequel, unfortunately. Although I would have loved a New Year's Day. Um... Favorite kill. Not a lot of kills. Definitely, um, especially like on screen, barely yeah. anything. 
Um, I mean, I'm going to have to go with Sally being suffocated by a giant weed bag. Yep, me too. I, um, yeah, I just it's... think it's hilarious. And I think it plays into, like, the killer's motives. It's like women behaving badly, and that's why he's killing them. And so him offering them this primo Colombian <laughs> weed yep. um, is... Uh, I mean, I like that that's how he's killing her. Yeah, it's um, definitely my favorite, too. Yeah. Because it's... Because, it, I mean, the yeah. nurse killing scene is cool, but it's literally a straight ripoff from Black Christmas. Yeah. Like, 100%. I also love the Sally scene because she is suffocated in about eight seconds flat. Yeah. Um, it's just so... Like, the camp in this, like we said, at the top, um, it, it I know it might not sound, like, amazing, but, like, there's something about the level of camp yeah. and, like... The kind a of charming like, level of it. Yeah, and it's like kind of like the like we keep flashing back to this weird like glam rock punk thing. Like there's a scene where the band is just playing for a couple of minutes and it's a slow song and all the kids in the room are slow moshing to it. Um, like uh, like there's just something very charming about the whole thing, and you can feel like you you can tell you're like this is a slasher before slashers like mm-hmm. before they really got in their stride before they knew what they were doing like this is a slasher movie that you know was like obviously wanted to cash in on the on the holiday craze and was like you know post halloween and everything mm-hmm. but didn't yeah. quite know like how prom to do night this. was before this so yeah it was you know it's really what it's all started in this time frame but i love you know the outfit changes him calling in and calling himself evil yeah. um using new year's as an actual like th- like uh you know theme for his kills is really like a lot of fun i think yeah um it's a standard yeah standard holiday fair very unknown in the mainstream this is one of those ones that like it will be. It will show up on a lot of lists because it's, it fits in holiday. So and New easy. Year's has like two movies: this and Terror Train. Really. Yeah. yeah. For slashers. For slashers, there are some yeah. more out there. Um, but no, definitely, it's just basically those two. So it gets two. popped up on a lot of. Um, its fame is because of that. I think if it wasn't for the New Year's theme, it would not. No, no, no. It would be way, way substandard, more, like yeah. a, a fair slasher. Underground, but yeah. it's that theme that really. And like really playing with it because it's not like it's not like blood rage blood rage where it just happens to be on Thanksgiving where they have like and the like weird there's some weird family themes and, the, and then the dinner. cranberry sauce yeah. line. I mean that's why blood rage is known as that line. Yeah. Um, but this actually uses that holiday and that that theme. Um, where do you rank it? So just so you guys know, if you don't know, I mean I, we say it at the top of the show, but you can always go to keepscreaming.com and um, or keepscreaming.com slash lead dash list. And we rank every movie at the end of our episode. We've got 28 so far. So My Bloody Valentine from 81 at number one. 74 is Black Christmas. 2018's Halloween. 97's I Know What You Did Last Summer. And 81's The Burning are our top five. Um, and I am feeling New Year's Evil in the, like, 12 range. That um, high? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you thinking a lot lower? I was. Oh. I was thinking more like 18. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, I just think because, I mean, you're right. It doesn't have a lot of kills. I just think the structure and the camp works so well as a slasher, but, and the killer himself is so well organized. Right. Um, he has a very strong, you know, really strong motive. It's got family ties. 
Um, he's got themed killings with the holiday. Mm. He's um, disguising himself in different costumes to be able to make those kills happen. He's got one-liners that match the outfits he's in. Um, all of that. I mean, it's really evil that makes it like oh so yeah high no definitely yeah the character um, himself yeah we're lack you know we seriously lack in you know quality kills we lack in um gore we lack in a final girl um that's why like i was kind of looking so like i kind of look luckily now we have enough movies to kind of do this yeah um and i and i start going i'm like okay definitely not better than silent night deadly night and then I start going like, okay, my super psycho sweet sixteen, all the boys. Like, I definitely think all the boys love Manny Lane has a very good final girl, um, and you know, like it has a very smart twist. It kind of subverts subverts some things. I think my super sweet psycho sweet sixteen similar ish, but I think the killer is a little more. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think the killer like just same thing themed, but like very well themed. Yeah. I think the killer is a little more um just cooler because of like the whole outfit and the whole like royalty thing um and then i started going like most likely to like for me it fits around most likely to die intruder you know like i because i look at blood rage and i go it's similar to blood rage for sure but better i mm-hmm. think than blood rage and then i'm like hellbent you know i start looking around there so for me it fits yeah, between you're like, right no for sure i think um, it fits between somewhere in like 15 and 18 somewhere so like that's see. like i look at hellbent and i'm like okay is it better than hellbent I think it's probably, Mm. I think I probably would say it is. Like, as far as just, like, we know about our killer. Like, I mean, he has a goofy motive, but still a motive. Um, I think the theme killings are cool. Um, But, you know, Hellbent actually might have better kills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe 20 is a good spot for it. 20, or do you want to make it 19? Because I do think it's better than Blood Rage. That's what I'm saying. You make it 20 and then Blood Rage would be 21. No, Blood Rage is already 19. Or do we not have Black Xmas in here? No. I sent you the list. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry, guys. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that then. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I also... I think that's good because... It, it fits in with like those kind of like intruder... No, like intruder-esque Yeah, Blood Rage. 80s, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But intruder was so fundamental with its kills and it just did um, so much with so little yes like an so it's better yeah. for that reason um child's play where we also have like sort of an iconic killer being built but we have so much more in this plot line of our characters yeah and we care so much about them and the kills are way better yeah um and then hellbent um although we don't know anything about our killer we really care about um, our main character, our main characters, our final boy. Yeah. and the path that they're going through, and, and the, the kills, and are, the cool. kills yeah. are really cool. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good spot for it. Cool, because um, Blood Rage, um, as fun and campy and like classic eighty slasher as it is, this movie is that and more. Yep, I agree. So. Um, yeah, and it has good. its own theme song. And it has its own theme song, so extra points. And for everyone listening out there who might not have uh, caught up on the show, yeah, we know Child's Play is really low compared to, comparatively. I So I personally think that subsequent movies will be higher up because I think they actually fall more in line with slasher mm-hmm. stuff. If you guys go back and watch the first Child's Play, because I didn't realize this, like obviously it gets lumped in with slashers because Chucky's carrying a giant knife around. That movie has like a ton of weird voodoo shit in it. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's like a lot of magic in it. Yeah, so like I kind of forgot it doesn't actually fall in line with a lot of slasher stuff. No. And like as much as, because trust me, I really love the Child's Play franchise. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a huge fan of Bride of Chucky. Um, it's 
we're evaluating slashers here. Mm-hmm. So that's like kind of like, you know, like for anyone who might, this might be their first time listening, like, and go like, why is this so low? Like, that's kind of why. Um, cool. So yeah, it's going to be our new number 20. I like that. I think that's a good spot for it. And I'm just, God, our list is getting so big. It's so cool to see it so rounded out and like fleshed out. Um, do we have something for next week or uh, uh, two weeks? We do. So we are, go- well, next week, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So we are going to watch um, Happy Birthday to Me. It's because it's your birthday month? Because it's my birthday month. Yeah. I'm so excited. So, um, Yay. yes, 1981 Canadian slasher. So I'm sure we'll love it because oh, we, yeah, we love Canadian all of them. Yeah, the Canadian slashers are the best. Um, I've never, I don't think either of us have ever seen it. Right? Uh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a fresh watch. We'll start off the new year with a fresh movie that neither of us have ever seen. Um, and that will be next week. Yeah, cool. this is a bonus episode. So yeah, yeah, bonus episode. And then um, we will have another bonus episode soon with Brennan, our producer. We're yes. going to do kind of like our best of 2018. Yes. Um, we did that last year with him, and we definitely want to do it again. We It'll just got to schedule it out with him. Um, yeah, so thanks for tuning in, guys. And I hope you enjoy the bonus episode. This will be going up on New Year's Day. So I hope you had a very safe New Year's Eve and had a lot of fun and celebrated with people you love. Or if you just needed a night in, just had a night in with yourself. And thanks for being with us through all of 2018. Um, we're super excited for 2019. Lots of fun things. Bee's having a kid, so I'm yeah, like, I'm that's going to come in at some point. Yeah, I don't know if I'll have like to get a guest host for a little bit because you'll be on know. maternity leave or something. Backlog some episodes. That's true. We should yeah. do that. Actually, we'll just start um, recording that's a really things. good idea. And it'll be like pop culture check, and we'll be like, oh yeah, it's uh, mm, hmm, yeah, we uh, we can't talk about it. Yeah, sorry. Um, so. Yeah, we're, we, but we do have stuff, you know, planned for 2019, and I think we're really excited because we've done, actually, like, a lot of big movies, and I think we're going to kind of, like, do some more deep dives, and you guys are getting more vocal, which is super awesome, so... Yeah, we've got a list of stuff from you after our anniversary episode that I think this is our last planned movie for sure and so i think we're going to start going into some of those suggestions yes um so we're going to chip away at some of those because we definitely want to do some of the movies that you guys want us to do yes um plus you guys made some great recommendations um and then we're yeah heading into another year yeah if you guys really want to i know this is like far-fetched but if you really want to, if you ever want to meet us, we are definitely going to be at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach this year, mm-hmm. which is around June, July. So now would be a good time to start looking or financially planning if you guys ever want to, like, um, we got to meet um, Juventino uh, mm-hmm. last year, which was super awesome. I hope you're there again, and we'd love to meet up with you. Reach out to us. Um, but if you, if you guys are in the area and want to hang out, definitely, like, start planning now uh, yeah. because it's a good time to start this early for sure. I'll have um, a cute baby with me. Yeah. Well, our producer will be there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, cool. We're excited about 2019. I'm glad you guys popped in for our bonus episode. That's a real episode. And um, until next time, keep screaming.